Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in from Hero Sports, covers the FCS nationally for Hero Sports, Sam Herder. Hi, Sam. How are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me back on the show. Well, we're certainly happy to have you back. It's uh, that time of year, is it not? A fun weekend coming up with uh, two semifinal, national semifinal games uh, this weekend. Let's start with the one most pertinent to, uh, well, to everybody involved. You were an alum of North Dakota State and then uh, us here in the state of Montana. So the Cats and the Bison Saturday afternoon. You know, we spent some time off the top of the show talking about the juggernaut that is North Dakota State and going through some of the numeric history and just sort of the the machine, for lack of a better word, that is North Dakota State. That said, Montana State's playing really as good as they've played in the Jeff Choate era this past month of football that they've had. They're a senior-laden club. When you look at this game, what do you see just in terms of the matchup? Yeah, and I, you know, I've written about this and I've talked about this, you know, before uh, earlier this week. But you know, to me. Like you said, the, the the Bobcats are playing their best football of the season and their best football in quite some time. And NDSU offensively, these last three games, you know, hasn't been as explosive, hasn't been executing at the high level that they were in, in September and October. So I think you're seeing, you know, a, a team that's trending up in a big way going against a team that is trending down uh, a little bit. And, you know, when NDSU is trending down, that, that still means they're, they're a pretty dang good football team. I just don't know if they, you know, it, it, it seems at least offensively they may, they may have hit their peak, you know, maybe in September and early October. Now, does, does that all equal out to where Montana State can get a win on Saturday? You know, I, I still lean the Bison a little bit. I, I think it is going to be a battle. Um, but I, I think, you know, the way NDSU is playing offensively, I think Montana State can certainly take advantage of that. 
Uh, the big thing for me, though, is defensively on that defensive line for Montana State, they're going to have to go toe-to-toe with NDSU and, you know, match their physicality and do it for all four quarters. And if they can do that, you know, offensively, if Tucker Rovig, uh, you know, if he can kind of keep on playing like he's playing and not make any mistakes to make the throws he's supposed to make, uh, I think it's going to be a battle that goes into, you know, the, the final minutes of this game. I'm sure you've answered this question many times this year, this week, and throughout the last several years, but as a guy that's covered NDSU as long as you have, what are the key factors? We talked about all the different things that we thought go into the creation and sustaining of a dynasty, but in your mind, what has made NDSU so unbeatable the last decade? Yeah, you know, and I've been fortunate that I've I've probably have covered you know, 75% uh, of NDSU's home playoff games and then all their games in Frisco, Texas. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be there Saturday. I, I wasn't able to cover, you know, in person NDSU's uh, first two playoff games of this season, but I'll be there on Saturday. But, you know, I've seen this team up close and act uh, up close, you know, and personal and being able to cover them in person. And I think, you know, with NDSU, uh, a lot of people think that, okay, you have to match their physicality, and that is true. If you can't, you know, match that physicality and go toe-to-toe with NDSU in the trenches, it's going to be a long day. But it's very, very hard to out-bison the bison. Um, and that's why I think it's so important for Montana State to have, you know, their passing attack starting to get going because it's hard to line up with the bison and then just run, 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 run. You know, you look at all the teams that have given NDSU trouble – you know, in past years, going back to 2016, when, when James Madison beat North Dakota State in the semifinals, you know, yes, the, the first half it was James Madison punching NDSU in the mouth with Khalid Abdullah, but NDSU responded, and the, and the big difference in that game was Brian Shore's ability to, you know, escape pressure, create some magic with his legs, and hit some receivers uh, down the field. You look at Eastern Washington back in 2016, you know, they spread NDSU out, and they they passed the ball all over the field. You look at you look at South Dakota State when they beat NDSU in 2016 and 2017, I believe. It was, yes, they, they matched NDSU physically, but they spread that defense out and they had a mobile quarterback in Terran Christian. So I think the keys to beat NDSU is, yes, you have to match their physicality, but you can't just go in there thinking we're going to out-bison the bison and win. I mean, number 11, Iowa, couldn't even do that a couple of years ago. They couldn't out-bison the bison. So I think you have to have a lot of explosive athletes offensively, and you have to have a defense that can go toe-to-toe with NDSU physically. You know, Coulter says all the time, by the way, Sam Herter joining us from Hero Sports, that, that essentially what you just said, I mean, you can't out-bison the bison. The, the only way to beat them is by doing what they don't do. You have to have a different style, a different kind of makeup to what they have. Mm-hmm. Does... Montana State, though, is a running football team and a team that wants to play tough, hard-nosed defense. Now, on the defensive side, we'll see. You know, Like you said, I mean, at some point, you just got to get in there and see if you can match up physically. Uh, and, and maybe you have a couple of schemes. I mean, uh, Illinois State, you know, uh, uh, had kind of a rover coming on the backside to chase down running plays that were going sideline to sideline and that kind of thing. So you can do that. But Montana State, even though they're a running team, their style of running is so unique and so different from what we've seen uh, in a lot of plays and very different than just running counter and power, you know, all day long between the tackles. So is, is that something that differentiates this team and you think that they could, you know, be successful with? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with what you're saying. And I, I said it last week that, you know, within 
Illinois State's one-dimensional offense, you know, they're one-dimensional in their running game, where it's basically hand the ball, hand the ball off to James Robinson, left, right, or up the middle. Right. Montana State's, uh, like I'm sure you guys have touched on quite a bit, you know, they just have so many different guys that can either take the direct snap or take a jet, uh, jet sweep or just, you know, have the kind of the traditional shotgun formation with Isaiah Fonse, you know, taking the carry. So, you know, I, I do think with those wrinkles, and having a diverse way of running the ball certainly helps Montana State. Uh, you you kind of have to do something like that usually to get uh, some kind of success going up against NDSU. I know way back in, I think it was 2014, uh, South Dakota State was a heavy running team with Zach Zenner, and, and they kept on doing that in the playoffs, in the second round of the playoffs back in 2014. But instead of just handing the ball off to Zach Zenner, you know, they put him in the Wildcat formation. So it was a little bit of a different look, and that was, Zach Zenner's best career day versus NDSU. So I think, you know, if, if you are going to find success running the ball uh, against NDSU, and, you know, their, their run defense is still really, really good, but it's probably not as dominant as it has been in past years. You know, so I think there is still, you know, some success to have there against NDSU's rushing defense. And one way to do it is, you know, to, like I said, match up with them physically, but also have a guy like, you know, Travis Johnson where, you know, he can bounce things to the outside and just kind of keep that defensive line and defensive backs uh, a little bit on the off balance. You know, you, you touched on this, uh, uh, Sam, when you talked about the, the sort of trend, particularly offensively, of North Dakota State. But f- we, we look at this, we see 14-0, and 0, and we go, okay, here we go again. You know, it's just the Bison doing what they do. And then you see it pops up 9-3 last week. You go, okay, but that's a little bit of a no- an anomaly. I mean, they scored 37 against Nichols, but... Just 21 two weeks ago against Southern Illinois in a victory. And you said, you know, this team maybe was playing his best offense in September, October, and not now, and maybe not peaking in that way. Is How much of that is a function of, hey, you know what, you're playing better teams and really strong defenses down the stretch, especially in the playoffs? And how much of that do you think is really maybe, I don't know, I don't know, is it complacency? What would it be? What do you think it is when you look at the offense and maybe not having some of the performances that they had earlier in the year? Yeah, I mean, I think it does have to do uh, some with the defense they've played, uh, the defense that they've played these last three games. Southern Illinois made pretty drastic improvements defensively. Uh, NDSU did score 30-some points against Nichols, but for three quarters there, you know, they just couldn't get anything going. And then last week, you know, I think it was Illinois State just having a really good game plan going into it. I also think there was a certain... Uh, a certain you know credit to Illinois State's defense, uh, of course, but I also think NDSU got a little um, you know got a little safe with their with their play calling, got conservative just because they knew um, you know let's not do anything risky, let's not you know have, have a fumble or a bad snap or you know have Trey Lance get picked off for the first time uh, this game. But you know it, it might be one of those things too, where you know teams just maybe have figured, figured NSU out uh, a little bit as well, and maybe they've found some things to, to scheme up. Uh, Illinois State certainly did that with kind of, you know, jamming up the middle and sending a DB or an outside linebacker off the edge. Uh, so it might be one of those things as well where, the, the, you know, a first-year offensive coordinator with the Bison, it's a first-year uh, starting quarterback. So, you know, maybe, you know, after having an electric start to the season, uh, you know, maybe they're showing some things on film that teams are taking advantage of, and, and NSU hasn't you know, doesn't have the ability to maybe make those in-game adjustments like they do or like like they did when they had a fifth-year senior in, in Easton Sticks. So it might be a number of things, but I do think you have to give credit to the defenses they face. It just seems like, um, you know, maybe they're not executing uh, 
you know some of their game plan as well as they did earlier in the season. And they're maybe not, they're not as explosive. The offensive line isn't getting as big of a push as they usually do. You know there have been some open throws that Trey Lance have missed. Uh, so things just aren't clicking like they used to be at the start of the season. But it still is a pretty dang good offense. It's not like they're. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, throwing a bunch of red flags out there uh, when it comes to NSU's offense. They're still a pretty quality offense. It just seems that they just haven't been clicking like they have at the start of the year. We talk, the physicality has always been a huge storyline with NDSU, the offensive and defensive lines. <clears throat> we know about the discipline, the strength and power. One thing that I thought was really underrated, especially about this last, this most recent group of seniors, was the athleticism they had at the skill positions. I mean, Lance Dunn and, and Bruce Anderson were two of the fastest running backs that I covered at the FCS level, and Darius Shepard, I mean, he he's returned punts in games for the Green Bay Packers this year. How does NDSU, if they have, do they have that same athleticism, or have they found replacements for those guys in terms of guys that can hit home runs like those those previous skill guys used to be able to? Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting. Uh, a lot of their home run plays have actually come through, you know, the passing attack this year. They, they do have one home run hitter in the backfield, and that's Ty Brooks, and they have a, they have a younger guy. Uh, Kobe Johnson that can hit some home runs, but you know a lot of their explosive plays have come in the passing game uh, with with a guy like Christian Watson or Phoenix Sproles. Uh, so they do have those playmakers. They're just a, a little bit younger and maybe can't do it, uh, you know, as consistently as as fifth year seniors like Bruce and or fourth year senior like Bruce Anderson last year or fifth year senior like Lance Dunn. But you know that, that's kind of a great point with. With, with NDSU is, you know, maybe people from a distance just think that NDSU, you know, they just have a bunch of, you know, okay athletes that are, that are really well disciplined and they're in the right system and they play hard and that's why they're so successful. But I, I don't think sometimes people give NDSU enough credit for how athletic they are. And, you know, like I said, you know, right away in the segment, I've covered a, a majority of the, of the playoff games in the Fargo Dome. And, you know, a lot of times when, you know, a team from the SoCon or the or the OVC or the Southland, you know, kind of the thing is, well, you haven't seen a team with speed like this. You you haven't seen Southern speed like this all season. And NSU's defense always is able to match that speed. And, I mean, they have a guy like Jabril Cox, who's a next-level athlete. They have a guy like Derek Tuska, who's a freak of an athlete on the defensive line. I mentioned Christian Watson. He's probably the most, you know, athletic uh, kind of guy they've had at the wide receiver position in quite some time. I mean, Trey Lance was getting recruiting interest from the Big Ten to play outside linebacker. So he's he's a he's a tremendous athlete at the quarterback position. So uh, I, yes, NDSU um, they get those diamonds in the rough. Uh, they, they get guys that do fit their system, uh, but they have some pretty good athletes on this team as well. And I think with this year's team, they're just a little bit younger, uh, so they have that ability to hit that big play. Uh, they're just maybe not doing it as consistently, uh, especially these last couple of games. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, 
Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Sam Herder joining us. He covers the FCS nationally for Hero Sports. And Sam, let's jump over to the other semifinal as Weber State heads on the road to Harrisonburg, Virginia to take on James Madison. And James Madison, you know, has, with the exception of the one year they kind of won the national championship, has, has been sort of the, 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 oh yeah, they're also really good. They're the next best team in the FCS. But I feel like people are, are kind of sleeping on James Madison this year because of NDSU, which is fine. But their one loss is on the road to West Virginia in week one, a game that they lost by, hello, seven points. They played the Mountaineers of the Big 12 to a 20-13 to 13 football game. They had one other game that went to overtime against ranked Stony Brook, 43-28. Other than that, they haven't played a game closer than 14 points and they are undefeated against FCS competition this year. This is an unbelievable team. They talk about athleticism, speed, all that kind of stuff. And then Weber State, coming out of the Big Sky Conference, we, we've seen Weber State, you know, throughout the course of the season, how good they have been uh, and uh, and especially the, the strength and physicality of their defensive line and what they like to do and the way Jay Hill kind of gets that team going. What do you see against uh, two teams who are going to be wearing a lot of purple here this weekend? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I, I want to touch on that James Madison thing real quick because, you know, I, I do feel that some people still don't realize how good this team is. But but Brian Absolutely. and I saw it way back. It, yeah, Brian and I saw it way back in the preseason where we in our preseason top twenty-five poll we had James Madison number one and North Dakota State number two. And the reaction to that was surprising. It was a lot of people saying, you know, in what world can James Madison be preseason ranked number one? And Brian and I were kind of scratching our heads going, do people not realize how good this team is going to be? And, you know, what do you know? They are, you know, the, the second, they are, have been number two all season long, you know, arguably, uh, you know, that they are a better team than North Dakota State this year. We don't know that for sure, but, you know, uh, James Madison has kind of been the popular pick in brackets. I see a lot of people picking the Dukes. Um, so, I, But I do still think there are people out there um, that maybe don't realize how good James Madison is. And, and you know, I flipped my national title favorite to JMU uh, just recently. Uh, going into the playoffs, I had NDSU number one. Now I have JMU number one. And there are still some people coming at me saying, how, how could you not have NDSU number one? So I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where, Maybe it's, you know, the CAA, their their games aren't broadcasted on that great of a platform and people maybe haven't seen James Madison in action this year, but this team is legit and I think people will see it uh, this weekend and they're also facing another team in Weber State that uh, might be overlooked too a little bit nationally just because the Wildcats, there's nothing flashy about them. Uh, You know, I've noticed that on a lot of All-American teams, they only have one, two, maybe zero players. Uh, on our All-American team, we, we had a few Weber State players, um, but they, they don't have that, you know, maybe that one flashy guy, um, you know, that makes people, you know, really excited, and they don't maybe have that style of play that makes people, you know, really excited to, to watch them play or something like that, but they're just another team that, and, you know, maybe people don't realize how good they are just because they do play out in Utah, and maybe that style of play, you know, isn't exciting to or people want to tune in and watch Weber State week in and week out. Last last thing for you then, Sam. You you tell us what's going to happen, okay? You're the expert, okay? You do the thing. 
you got North Dakota State, Montana State, and Fargo, and then James Madison, Weber State, and Harrisonburg. What do you think happens? I think everybody expects, you know, in general, it to be NDSU versus James Madison in uh, in Frisco, Texas. You don't need to do anything surprising and go against it, but in terms of just the games themselves, how you think they're going to go, what do you got? Yeah, I, I, I do feel a lot more confident that James Madison uh, is going to win. Uh, more confident in that than NDSU winning, but I, I do still think the Bison and the Dukes are going to get wins here. I, I, the Montana State-NDSU game, I, I think, is going to be a battle. I, I have NDSU winning by a few points there. James Madison, I have winning by a couple of point, or by a couple of scores against Weber State. I just don't see how the Wildcats are going to score, you know, enough points to win this game against James Madison. And I think it's it's going to be one of those things where it's seven to you know seven to three, and then you know ten to three, and then you know ten ten maybe. But eventually, it seems like Weber State's defense is going to be on the field for quite some time, uh, just because I don't see their offense being able to sustain. Uh, you know, long drives against the James Madison defense. So I think eventually the Dukes are going to pull away and win a game that, you know, looks like 24 to 10. So I've ever since last year's national title game ended, I always thought that JMU and NDSU were on a collision course for Frisco, Texas. And I think we're going to see that uh, once once the Saturday games are, are wrapped up. He's Sam Herter. He writes for Hero Sports. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at Sam Herter FCS. Go read his stuff at HeroSports.com. Sam, thanks so much, man. Great stuff. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you once again. You got it. Sam Herter, boys and girls. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. I guess evening at this point. To tell Nuanas, here's some sports news for you. Sorry, what? Pitch black. Pitch black. Yeah, it's darkness. It's evening. Uh, playing against one of the top teams in the country, the Montana Grizzlies had no answers for number eight U Oregon's length and athleticism in an 81-48 loss last night in Eugene. The Grizz forced a 12-12 tie in the first 10 minutes before giving up a 16-3 run. The Ducks scored 44 points after halftime alone as five Oregon Duck players, including recently eligible freshman and Folly Dante, scored in double figures. He's a five-star recruit. He was, uh, well, very good. Kendall Manuel, he was an Oregon He's an Oregon State transfer uh, from Billings. He scored 15 points to lead Montana. Grizz senior Syed Bridget had 11 points and 8 rebounds before fouling out. UM is 4-6, and six, but heading into their final non-conference game. It's a Saturday matchup at Omaha. Bear with me while I try to find some recent ones. We did the Hero Sports update for All-Americans. They had five Montana Grizzlies and four Montana State Bobcats on the team. The FCS Stats All-American team came out. FCS Stats, the preeminent coverer of... 
FCS football smoratory also landed on the first team, as did Dante Olson for the Montana Grizzlies and a slew of other players from the Big Sky Conference. Montana State, they wrap up their non-conference schedule tonight against Cal State Bakerfield in men's basketball. They're 6-4. and four. The Roadrunners are 4-8. and eight. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reasons I was working for. I think uh, the Grizz long snapper. Matt O'Donohue. O'Donohue was on the first team for the Stats All-American team in, uh, on the special team side of all the All-American picks. Mitch brought a second teamer uh, for Montana State for Stats. Yup. Um, Case Cookus from Northern Arizona. Trey Lance from North Dakota State, who we just heard from on this show. Yep. And then our California correspondent, Kevin Thompson from Sac State. KT. All three of them shared first-team All-American honors, so they said an or. They said there was no defining quarterback, just those three, and then whoever you want to say is second team, and whoever you want to say is third team. You know what? I respect that. I, I like that. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh you know why? Why it's got to be? Why you just have to have the one, the first team, second team, third team? Like I understand that. Okay, it's fine. But I mean, it, it like the All Star Game uh, was it last year or two years ago? Whatever it was, that Clay Thompson or the, it was the All Pro team. It was the NBA like All NBA, all, all NBA team that he wasn't on the list. Because you have to have centers or whatever. It's it's just dumb. It actually undercuts the legitimacy of the team itself. Like because Rudy everyone Go- knows. Sorry, Rudy Gobert was all NBA and Clay Thompson was not. Right. I mean, it, it just, just no. It can't be the case. And it cost Clay Thompson a bunch of money. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, Save Golden State some cash. Uh, but the, the idea that you have, you know, these three guys... And, and it doesn't have to be their guy, but just in general, you know, Case Cook is Kevin Thompson and Trey Lance. You know that that one of those guys is third team. It's just no. I mean, it's just crazy to say that, and and it shouldn't be that way. So I'm I'm okay with this. It doesn't bother me. Bryce Sturk, Montana State, uh, on the second team as well. Um, and like you mentioned, Mitch Broad on the second team. Yeah, two and uh, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting conversation to be had about uh, the the flash that you play with, the way the stats are kept. There's just a whole bunch of things that go into all this stuff that, that sort of frustrates me. I mean, like, how about Weber State? Like, Weber State's in the Final Four. They're the three-time defending Big Sky champions. Jonah Williams is the co-MVP of the Big Sky Conference. And he can't get any higher than second-team All-American? Like, how's he not a first-team All-American, yeah. you know? like, But he might not even be the best D-end on his team with Adam Rodriguez. I don't know. A lot of his stuff is a little bit uh, arbitrary, but it's fun for the kids and a hundred players named to the Stats FCS All American team. So to be named one of the top one hundred players in the country at this level of football, pretty cool for those guys. It is pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit of basketball, shall we, Coulter? The uh, Montana Grizzlies went to Oregon. This is their fifth road game against a high major team this season. Uh, Fourth, no, right? No, Arkansas, Washington, Stanford, and Oregon, and New Mexico. That's not a high major team, though. 
They I mean, got good basketball. Tr- yeah, I mean they they're, they're a mountain. You're right. They're they're not a high major team. David I think just of them as a, a high major program. David just made a good point in our ears, though. At this point, the Mountain West is better than the Pac-12 in basketball. Well, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I uh, mean, Utah State was this what? What were they as seeded last year? They were they were seated higher than any team I mean, in the, the Pac-12. They're ranked 17th in the nation. I don't know where they're at now, but yeah, they were an eight seed last year. Okay, eight seed last year. Uh, but in any case, Coulter, let's talk about the Grizz, and then they're going to play at Omaha. Uh, uh, another really good uh, team on the road to finish up the non-conference, but the Grizzlies uh, have have struggled this season. They it, they're four and six right now. We expected them to be five and five. They had a, a really bad loss to Montana Tech in like the third game of the season or whatever it was. But we expected basically losses. You know, on when you talk about going to the places they've been at Washington and Oregon and so on, uh, they looked actually. Maybe the best they've looked this season in the first half of their very first game at Stanford. And they were, it was, I think, a two-point game at halftime. And that one, they led through a good portion of that first half. And then it kind of got away from them at the end. And they had a five- or six-minute stretch in that game where they just completely just gave it away. Uh, But, you know, it's a very young team. I think they started three true freshmen in that basketball game against Stanford. And you thought, you know, wow, okay, I mean, like, yeah, it's Stanford. Stanford's not good in the Pac-12, but it's still Stanford, and and this is a very young team that had never played together before, and in a lot of cases, we're playing for the very first time Division One basketball. And you go, okay, so where? Yeah, and then last night against Oregon, it looked pretty good early on, uh, and and then it it really fell apart. It, it fell apart. Oregon is so it much definitely better. Fell apart, man. They, Oregon scored forty-four points in the second half. Montana scored forty-eight points total. They, okay. fu- they fell apart. I mean, but here's my thing: is I don't know that they fell apart. I think that Oregon is. I mean, what changed in that game when it was twelve? You know, twelve, twelve, and fully Dante played for the first time in his life. He walks on the floor, and you go, "Oh, oh, that's what a five-star kid looks like." And he came in, and just the first basket he made, he was he was actually laughing. Like because it was just so clear how much better of a basketball player, better of a a physical human for the sport of basketball he is than everybody else, including on his own team, but particularly overmatching anybody that Montana could ever throw at him, whether it's Jared Samuelson or Mac Anderson. I mean, there's just there's just nothing you can do. Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing, though, is this Montana team is incredibly young. They've tweaked the lineups at times. Timmy Falls, about midway through this non-conference schedule, got put into the starting lineup, and I think that has helped a little bit. But they have struggled, and they look like what they are, which is an extraordinarily young team. I mean, they have an incredibly talented, a first-team all-conference talent in Saeed Pridget, and they have, you know, Kendall Manuel, who's a good, uh, particularly offensive role-playing guard. But you got... You know, Kyle Owens, who is, uh, you know, an outstanding athlete, 6'8", freshman, 210 pounds, looks, you know, very developed, very mature physically uh, for a basketball player. Josh Vasquez, who's very small, but is, you know, tremendously skilled getting his first time really playing. And, and... Uh, you know, the the return of Jared Samuelson, as we talked about, but also Derek Carter Hollinger, who's, you know, kind of a slash forward type of player. And these guys are playing right now, and they look like they're freshmen. I mean, they look like what they are. They don't look uh, necessarily better than that. And I remember when Timmy Falls played. the first, Remember his first half of his freshman season? And you're like, and I thought this kid was supposed to be good, and he came in with like, a, you know, uh, and it just he was – 
he was not good. He was bad. And then sort of the switch flipped to a certain extent. And all of a sudden, he had he had the one game, maybe it was that North Dakota game, where he just all of a sudden kind of took over for a stretch. You go, oh, wow, there it is. That's what everybody's Did been talking about. Oh, was it Irvine? Okay. Over, yeah. um, and you go, you know, this is this is all of a sudden what you see here. And that hasn't happened for this team yet. And by the way, it's not just one freshman. It's it's three or more on this club right now. And it's going to be interesting, man, because as they head into the non-conference, Schedule B, whatever it is, if they end up being, you know, either five and six or four and seven after the Omaha game, we know in the Big Sky Conference, none of that stuff really matters. What matters is Big Sky play. But this team has a lot of work to do in terms of getting themselves to a place where they're playing, you know, fluid team basketball, hitting all their marks defensively, and and really integrating uh, together. Because this still looks like a team that just doesn't have a ton of continuity at this point. I mean, you hesitate to be really hard on a team when they did lose the most successful senior class in school history, and they're trying to implement all these new guys, not just the freshmen, but I mean, half the roster is new because it wasn't just the four seniors that they lost. They, you know, Donovan Dorsey turns out was basically a senior last year because he did not return to the Mm -hmm. program, and you just have a bunch of guys that just are trying to find their way individually and collectively. But like I said all year, the record at this point, it's only one game worse than what you thought it would be. The stain being the Montana Tech upset that they went through. Sure. But what I'm seeing is just just disjointed and not fun to watch basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's all the way across the roster. I think the side Pridget is very frustrated. I think he's trying to do too much. I think that sometimes he's taken over in ways that he did last year. But I also think that he's really experiencing what it's like to be the dude. Last year, he had a lot of one-on-one coverage and a lot of open driving lanes because teams were denying Jamarco the ball or were you know, denying Bobby Moorhead on the perimeter or are concerned about Maude Rory and Michael Ogine. So Bridget, it's definitely a work in progress. But it's not just as if he's just taking the ball and put his head down and going to the rim. He's been trying to get guys involved, but yeah. he's been trying to do it. He's getting too fancy sometimes. You can just tell just looking at him, as a guy we've watched for four years now, that he's just frustrated. But I think that the number one... Criticism's the wrong word. The number one concern I would have if I was Montana... Because, again, there there was no real world that you were going to beat any of those Power 5 or, or, or top-level conference teams that you play on the road. It just wasn't going to happen. But Montana hit a spat where things started going the wrong way for them against Stanford. And I can't think of another time yet this year where they've hit a tough stretch and then rallied beyond mm. it. When it's going well, it's going well. And, they, and it pretty much went well against Coppin State. It pretty much went well against Texas Southern. It pretty much went well against North Dakota. And like even against Montana State Northern, they just looked all out of sorts. And they needed one little late run to pull away. But it was not as if they dispatched of Northern. And Northern is a very middle of the road. And that is maybe even being too complimentary. I mean, they're, they're a bottom of the Frontier Conference level team. So to me, if I was Travis Secure, and he said this on the radio last night, he said, we are not mature enough to handle adversity. Period. 
Every time adversity hits, we fold, period. And I think that would be the biggest concern I would have if I was these coaches, mm-hmm. is they just have to teach these guys to grow up. Like they, when, it, when it gets hard, you got to push through it, because in basketball, there's going to be a time when you come out of a media timeout and the other team is into a different defense, or they made an adjustment, or... You know, they're going to trap you in the corner or they're going to double side Pridget on the block just for a minute. And if you let it make you disintegrate and it make you let it make you stop talking on defense and stop moving the ball on offense, which is what I've seen consistently throughout this non-conference, it makes for an ugly style of basketball. And when we're watching it, you know this, anybody that's played in a basketball game, when it gets disjointed like that, those weird feelings of like resentment is not the right way to say it, but like all of a sudden everybody's looking at everybody like, what are we mm-hmm. doing? And even if you know that you can play together and you know that dude's the dude and you know Timmy Falls can make plays, when it's all disjointed, you're just looking at each other kind of cross-eyed like, who's going to do something to get this back on track? And they just have had such a hard time when they lose their rhythm, finding it again. I think that's the number one thing they have to work on down the stretch. You or know, I guess going into conference play. I, 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 I agree with you on, on everything that you said. And when, you know, when I look at this team, I mean, I'm a little bit... <laughs> My question has been, when are we going to see from the young players the flash of what the potential and the hope that they become is? That, that's and, the other thing. Is, and I is, haven't seen that. I was texting you last night. I think it's so easy to be a prisoner of the moment and, and just to think all things in sports are just continually getting better. And that, like, Montana's recruiting, because because of the way we have all this national exposure now, even when you're recruiting to a mid- to low-major conference like the Big Sky and a program like Montana, when you're getting dudes like the three freshmen that Travis Secure brought in from California, it's so easy to get affirmation about how these guys, how good these guys are. Because all of a sudden, they're high school coaches and they're AAU coaches and all these scouts and evaluators and everybody. Montana got a steal. I saw that with Josh Vasquez all the time. I think Josh Vasquez is a good player. I think Kyle Owens is a good player. I think DJ Carter Hollinger is a good player. I think all three of these guys have potential. But it's so easy to get, to buy the, this is the best class ever. Wait till these guys are seniors. None of these three guys, and I know we're only in the non-conference part of the schedule. We'll see how it goes in Big Sky Conference play. None of them have been eye-opening to me like Michael Loguine was his freshman year. Yeah. Not, not even close. They don't have the poise and the mentality and Bobby Moorhead, I mean, Bobby Moorhead's career had so many different chapters. Yeah. But when Bobby Moorhead was a freshman, he was straight up so confident. I mean, he came into games and knocked down threes all the time. He hit mm-hmm. eight threes in a game. Mm-hmm. I don't see any of these guys scoring 25 points in a game this year. But again, you can grow, you can evolve, and I expect them to. But I'm just saying, don't be a prisoner of the moment. Think this is the greatest class ever. These guys are all talented. They are. But I, I just, I haven't seen that that special spark like I did when we saw Maude, or when we saw Michael Guinea for the first yeah. time. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, for some guys, you can sense it with them that, they, that they've that they just got it. You don't get that out of out of this yet. But also, I think for some guys, as, as it was, you know, in Timmy Falls' case to me, they need to have that moment where they have the breakthrough and all of a sudden that swagger comes, you know what I mean? Where they all, they, they go from being, you just wonder, well, can I do it? Can I play at this level to going, okay, I got this. I'm good to go. And I, not that it's been just smooth sailing from that day forward with Timmy Falls. That's not what I'm saying. But if some guys need that, and especially when you have multiple, I mean, three true freshmen starting and or playing big minutes for your team, you know, it's it's hard for maybe any one of them to get that in a moment to say nothing uh, of all three. I will be interesting to me to see what happens when Yagi Selchuk 
is available to this team and what he brings to it. Uh, you know, in basketball, sometimes it is just one guy, but we haven't. What to watch a guy do some things in practice and look really good and physically and all that kind of stuff. It just you don't know until you see it play out what it's actually going to be. Even I mean, I don't even know if he's a starting player for this team. I don't totally. know. So it, it, it won't be until until you see it. But you knew that there would be growing pains. Um, and and it's this is this is a huge task for this coaching staff. I mean, this coaching staff has a ton of work to do to bring this group together. We know that they have a style of basketball that Travis and and Chris want to implement, and they want them to play. Um, but to get them to do that, to get your rotation sorted out, to figure out who has the mental you know toughness to fight through adversity, to help you in a tough spot. You know that those are all. That, that's all stuff that I think you can only assess while you're doing it as well. And so, uh, you know, this is a team that didn't have staggered graduation. You graduate two seniors, but you got two juniors, and now you know whatever. It was five seniors out the door, all of them outstanding, and now you got you know some talent, a lot of talent, and you have to figure out how to get the ship to steer now. And. College basketball, especially when you're talking about the non-Blue Bloods, talent is only one part of the equation. Totally. I mean, Absolutely. It, it, it takes so much for guys. You, college basketball, every single team runs a system, so you have yeah. to fit into the system. Yeah. If it was just about talent, Southern Utah would win the Big Sky every year. Yeah. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Time to do some picks against the spread, NFL style, thanks to our friends at Katie O'Keefe's. We're giving away a Katie O'Keefe's gift card here, Coulter. Last one for the year. A bar tab, the Katie O'Keefe's, 25 bucks. Just call us now. Call right now, 329-1899. You want to go down to Katie O'Keefe's, have yourself a, a couple of cold ones on us, 329-1899. You go down there, awesome spot to watch games. You got NFL games, three of them, triple header Saturday, plus two FCS semifinals, then a full Sunday slate of NFL, and then Packers-Vikings Monday night. Let's go, Coulter. I'm into this. They got all sorts of stuff going on down there, too. They can stream anything. They got the Grizz game going on multiple TVs last night. They uh, they got it all hooked up at Katie O'Keefe's. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Coulter, let's go against the spread here. Take a look at what we got. I'm I'm telling you what, these Saturday games, 
I am so pumped up about some of these Saturday games, particularly the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. The Patriots are 11-3. and three, The Bills are 10-4. and four. This game is, are you ready, potentially, for the division? I mean, that's crazy, right, that, that New England would be playing a week 16 football game that would have division implications. This should, thing should be sewn up by now, but it's not because the Buffalo Bills are, hello, headed to the playoffs. So the Bills are on the road, though. This is in Gillette, and the Bills are a six-and-a-half-point underdog uh, to uh, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots. Coulter, what do you think about this football game? I think the Patriots have looked terrible on offense the last couple. Terrible, weeks. or at least very. Yeah, they've looked they've looked bad and at least very susceptible. What happened to Sonny Michelle? Right, he was really good, and now he's like non-existent. They, they don't you really use him they, at all. They haven't. They've backed way off on his usage, and I don't know what the answer to that question is. I've had the exact same question. And Julian Edelman looks tired. Are you going to do what I think you're going to do? Oh yeah, the Bills are going to cover. Whoa, whoa. I'm amazed. I thought we were going to fight on this one. 100%. Oh, no, dude, the Bills are good. Everybody, see. see I'm with the Buffalo see, Bills. See this, this Bills Ameri- Mafia. This American ex- uh, obsession with pretty boy quarterbacks skews everybody's evaluation of football teams at every level. Josh Allen might not be like the most accurate passer, but Josh Allen knows how to win. He's tough. That's right. He's, I mean, I think he's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. You find me one person who's not the greatest ever from Wyoming, <laughs> and I'll show you the, a black hole. I mean, this thing is the greatest. Huh? Wyoming, the Pokes? I mean, he he he's the perfect, the way he is, the way he's sort of edgy and irreverent yeah. and tough is a perfect fit for what they do on defense. And it's the perfect fit for Buffalo. Yeah. I, I don't care if he's completing 55 now, of his passes. So, he's okay, a winner. Tell me so, this straight up. You got the Bills winning on Saturday? I, I don't, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they did. I, got I think the Bills are legitimately good, man. I got them 60-40 losing the game because it's still the the Patriots. And the Patriots' defense, for whatever they're doing on offense, is, is absolute lockdown. But you know what? So is Buffalo. So I think, I mean, this could be... This could be a 17-13 football game, and if it is that, whoever ends up with 17 and whoever ends up with 13 is almost a coin flip, but I think 6.5 is way too high, uh, especially with what I haven't seen out of the New England offense, so I am with you on this, man. I got I got the bills. All right, San Francisco, Saturday night, hosting the L.A. Rams. They're a 6.5-point favorite. I got San Francisco. I think San Francisco run away with this football game. Really? Even with the Rams rallying a little bit? Mm, I mean... Look, the Rams have got talent, but at some point you just are what you are. And I haven't seen the, – the Rams just have not gotten it done. Either side of the ball. Either side of the ball. And by the way, this is more to me about San Francisco. San Francisco is in a is in a fight for a for the division, first of all. They're 11-3 and and they're in second place in their own division. I mean, that's remarkable. Now, we know it comes down to Week 17, but to keep pace with everybody else, there's four 11-3 teams in the NFC right now. Who's got, The one in the two seed is an overwhelming advantage to have a, 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 a buy and all that. They have to win. In this game, and I think they want to make a statement. Now, the Rams obviously are dangerous, but I think the the Niners are that good. I got them by ten. Yeah, I got New England as well as a bad, or excuse me, San Francisco as well as a bad matchup for the Rams. If the Rams can't run the ball, the offense doesn't work, and San Francisco's got the best defensive front in the NFC. Okay, now we go from the best to the worst. Dallas, Philadelphia. This Neither game, one, burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> they should just give. They should give the Niners and the Seahawks both home playoff games in the playoffs and Listen, get the NFC champ, East champs out of here. The Dallas Cowboys. Just when you think you know, just burn it to the ground. What did they score like thirty six last week? I mean, I they actually. Who. 
I don't remember. I black out now and I see the Cowboys. They, I don't. I can't watch they, this anymore. They were actually on fire last week, and you go, well, well how does that happen? Because uh, they have good players. Yeah, they just have a terrible coach. Oh, 44 <laughs> last week against who, David? Tell me. Against oh, against the Rams. That's right. They were 44-21 against L.A. The okay, Curial NFL. Uh, Philadelphia, man, just has not been good. And even though this game is in Philadelphia, and even though it is in a de facto game for the division and therefore for the playoffs, I, I don't know that I can pick Philadelphia in this spot because at least Dallas has looked good sometimes, whereas Philadelphia hasn't looked good really at any time. Now, maybe, you know, they're going to obviously be up for this game. In Philadelphia makes a big difference to me. I'd probably just take the Cowboys and minus one. It's minus one, by the way. It's almost a pick'em game, but I'll take Dallas to win by two. Maybe safety zero. Maybe that's the game, and they go ahead and win it. Uh, there you go. There's our picks against the spread. It's brought to us by Katie O'Keefe's over in the Steven Center. Go enjoy some games. Enjoy some drinks. Congratulations. I called on. Enjoy on us, boys and girls. See you tomorrow from the Southgate Mall. Looking forward to being down there with everybody. Come say hi. Four to six tomorrow night. Good night. Told his plans to me. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.